Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. In Philippians 4.4, think about Paul's in prison in Rome. Got chains around him. Executioners walking up and down the halls of the dungeons. And Paul's writing a letter. That just cracks me up. Paul's writing a letter to one of the churches that he's helped plant. And think about it now. You see it, you remember I've been in prison. You remember. I've been in six by nine cells. I've been there. You know, we let you out once a week to take a two minute shower, you know, and that's it. I've, 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 I lived that for a while. And uh, I never thought about writing a letter telling everybody else to rejoice. But think about this. He's in this situation, and he not only says rejoice, but then he goes, it's like he wants to bring it home. Again, I say it to you, rejoice. And he's trying to get it to you. The first thing you do when anxiety tries to keep you bound is you make the choice to rejoice. You really do. Because you can, listen, when frustration comes, you'll either move to despair, you'll either go to, I heard somebody say this, so I'm not trying to be clear. You'll either go to despair or to prayer. There's only two places you can go, despair or prayer. See, something like I said happened this week. I an individual, uh, you know, a, a, anyhow, I was with for a couple hours and unending, unending, unending worry and anxiety and freaking fear and stuff. What are we going to do? What am I going to do? I mean, it was stronger. I don't know if my, I don't know, my spirit was just sensitized to it more. All I know is. It just kept coming and coming out of his mouth, coming and coming, coming out of his mouth. And I was thinking to myself, my God, Father, you know, what spirits are working with those words? How do I help them understand? Don't speak that stuff. Quit it. Stop, 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 stop. How just worry and worry and worry and worry and worry and worry. And I'm worrying and anxiety, and then and the Lord kept saying to me, All of my people said, This is the greatest sin of my church. They continue to hold fast to anxieties. They've never really learned how to Proverbs verse Julie always uses Proverbs 16:3. They've never really learned how to commit whatever's going on to the Lord so that their thoughts could be established and come into agreement with God's will. So that your thought, you don't, your thoughts will not come into agreement with God's will. You'll not come into harmony with heaven. You can't as long as you live in anxiety. You have to learn how to commit. Commit means it's yours. I'm done with it. I will not be anxious. I will not worry. I will not fret. You have to believe that when you move in obedience to a spirit, truth that a spirit something is initiated please hear my heart we all know you know we could go to Matthew see so many scriptures anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down you know Jesus you know Matthew 6 all things you know 
Take, you've heard me teach, take no anxious thought. Don't take it speaking it. Take no thought saying. It's one of my favorite messages to teach. Take no thought saying. The way you give a thought life is when you speak it out. And we speak them out all the time, and they then are birthed. And the weight of what is in that word begins to try to manifest. That's why you kill them. You don't let them. You don't speak them. You speak the opposite. You speak the life, the truth of heaven. You speak stuff that has alignment and harmony with heaven. But like I said, anxiety comes to all of us, but you don't have to keep it. Please don't keep it. Commit those things. Actually believe that more is going to happen for you when you release it than is going to happen for you if you hold on to it. Do you hear me? Everybody say this with me. Right now, I release my hold on being the king of the universe. I am no longer the king of the universe. In other words, you're not the one that's going to cause something to happen, change, or get better by your worrying. Our God is the king. His ways, um, I, I, big headline, his ways might be better than yours. He, when are we going to believe these simple things? Commit your way to him. Cast all your care. It says all your anxiety, and it says once and for all. Does he mean that, or is it a joke? Once and for all. Now, I'm telling you, you've heard me say it a thousand times. I think we, somebody, we mentioned this morning, I think, in prayer. I've done the illustration here. I mean, you know, you can, the word cast, I love it. It's a shepherding terms. It doesn't mean casually set your care over here and set it over here out of reach. It means to hurl violently. In other words, take this thing, this care, and throw that sucker as far as you can throw, man. Get it out of here. But see, if you, when you cast your care, I always do this thing where I have somebody stand up and like I give them my pen. And say, this is my care, and I give it to them. But how something comes up to remind me of it. Somebody asks me how I'm doing. And slowly but surely, I can reach out, and it's just as easy. I can take that right back. But remember when it's in your hands, it's in your responsibility. And you don't do as good as God. And it's, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. It's so difficult in the beginning to say, I'm going to just sit that down. I refuse to have care. That's remember, I told you years ago, I used to always want to say goodbye to people. I you know, always used to say, take care. Then I looked up the word care, and it means anxious foreboding. And so to stop myself from saying take care, I'd say take anxious foreboding. And people look at me like, what the heck is he doing? But it's because I was training myself. I know I don't want you to take that kind of care. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't discuss stuff. But again, we don't allow ourselves to fall into that trap of meditating on the mess. If you meditate on the mess, it only gets bigger. Trust me, I'm a, I'm, I'm a professional at understanding that. Remember, you've heard me say over the years, my, I come from a family of world-class warriors. He said, don't do that. Don't stop. Stop. And I was listening to this person, and it was actually, 
I don't, it was breaking my heart because I realized they were so bound up in their anxiety. They were so bound up in the midst of their worrying that they simply would not hear me when I said, see, because they want, we, he, (laughs) heaven wants us to trust him. I trust you. All hell is breaking loose. Paul's in prison, chained. He goes, rejoice. And again, I say to you, rejoice. Go to to the next verse. Let me just read through those so that you can say that the preacher did read a couple of scriptures. Go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. He said, uh, oh, I know I was reading a different version. Put up the Amplified if you wouldn't mind. Can you do that for me? I'm sorry. Actually, it was a new King James that I was reading this morning, but whatever, just to keep it up. He said, let, in the middle of all this, he says, he's, he's, what he's leading to, it's funny because he's talking about cares and anxiety. He said, let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness. You're selfish when you hold on to anxiety. I got, I'm sorry, let me read the verse, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read one of the quotes of okay? it. Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit, the Lord's near. He's coming soon. You say, well, what does that mean? Why is that tied together? Well, you pray on it. I could share a bunch of stuff right now, and I don't feel I'm supposed to. Go to the next verse. And he says this again. I mean, again, he's in prison. He's saying, he said, don't. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything but in every. What's, what's, What's every mean? I mean, it means every boy do you understand what a mission this is I'm on a mission about this right now I just did do not fret or have any anxiety about anything but in every circumstance and in everything and he tells you what to do yeah by prayer you rejoice you celebrate the what that means what rejoice it means brighten up literally in the Greek but it means celebrate his goodness Celebrate the Lord's goodness. This is why so much emphasis on all of our songs right now and everything is the goodness of God. He's good. He's good. He's oh so good. He's good. He's good. You gotta have that in the forefront. You can't you will interpret scripture wrong if you don't see it through he's good. You'll see it, well, maybe in my case it's because of this and I did that once and fifteen years ago I screwed up whatever and though he won't do it for me. No, that's a lie. That's the devil. That you just recognize the devil. That's all. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, that with thanksgiving, oh my God, gratitude. You got to, like I said, walk out of here with great big flashing gratitude lights all over you where people see how grateful you are. Continue to make your wants known to God. And what's the next verse say? And God's peace, not the world's peace. God's peace shall be yours. Don't, I, this, your lamp. Think, see, you got to stop and think through words because words are what angels work with. 
I read this morning, and I think it's probably got it down in my notes, but somewhere I think it's probably 16 or 17. It says, a calm and an undisturbed mind are the life and the health of the body. And I just stop a moment. A calm and an undisturbed mind is actually the life of your body. So hell wants to destroy calm. See, God wants to take you from chaos to calm. And God's peace shall be the tranquil, I, I just like the word tranquil, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. It's an incredible thing to actually, actually have that sense of knowing. Ah, I, I've got eternal life. I, I do. I'm actually, my ticket's punched. Amen. You too. It is. Forever, throughout the eternity of the eternities, I'm going to live in a bliss beyond anything Bobby's ever written about in her bliss work. Her bliss stuff that she's, you sign her emails, bliss this and bliss that, whatever. Bliss be unto you. That's right. Something Hi, Jeff. A tranquil state, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing, fearing, and so fearing a little bit from God. Now, but see, I mean, you get to the place where I don't, I'm not afraid of God. I no longer have a thought about him wanting to punish me. Now, that took me a while to be able to say. Because I used to meditate on my shortcomings. Meditate on my weaknesses. Everybody in here has weaknesses. Everybody. Everybody. And how do you make, you don't, you know, faith comes by hearing. I mean, that's the only way it comes to actually believe that God doesn't look at me through my mistakes. Do I still make mistakes? Of course I still make mistakes. But somehow in his great plan, he looks at me through the, G through the blood of Jesus. He looks at me through the redemption that I've accepted. I've accepted the sacrifice and then he's accepted me. And that's why you tell the devil, hey, I'm sorry. Get as mad as you want. Yell all you want. Tough. It, he did it. I didn't. I know I still screw up because you, you keep trying to tell me about where I mess up. You keep trying to tell me where I still have problems. I know. And he knows. But, you know, I don't know. He, you talk to him. Don't talk to me about a devil. He, he loves me anyhow. He's accepted me in the beloved. I'm his son. So see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Honestly, you, you, you begin to have this attitude that you just realize, okay. But see, that's what the work of the Spirit actually does. It doesn't. See, some people in the fleshly thinking, they think again, if you think like that, then you remember the old thing, they think, well, then I can sin, I can do what I want, I can mess up. But see, they don't have, they don't have the spiritual understanding yet of the power of what obedience to God's Spirit truth does. It Remember, you've heard me say, it breaks the power of attraction to wrong stuff. Good is more powerful than evil. 
It breaks the power. You can't tempt me with heroin anymore. Now, having been a dyed-in-the-wool, whole hog, one billion percent sick heroin addict for the many years that I was, I, you know, and God, only the Holy Ghost can bring back some of the memories of the stuff that you go through to find smack. And, you know, sadly, I didn't have to hustle that much because I was sadly always a dealer because I was a trustworthy dealer. But, oh, my God, I went through it anyhow like anybody that was ever hooked on heroin did. But, you, the, you know, when... To realize, to, only I know what it means to say, you know, in the most hidden of places, the most hidden, hidden, hidden of places, if somebody was to bring up a whole batch of pure heroin in front of me, you, you don't know what that means to be able to say, I could look at it and laugh and just push it off into the toilet, flush it. And there's not even a minute, little teeny bit of desire to put some of that stuff in my veins. Do you understand? God took it. But I lived every living moment for it. He turned my life around. I don't care what area it is. I told you the silly story. I mean, even, I know that you don't think it because of what I look like now, but I mean, you know, even like women, I always remember one of my, my very first outside ministry post when I left America was when I just told you, when, uh, to Jamaica, right? I go to Jamaica. I'm, I'm still pretty young in the Lord. I'm, I'm nowhere near super spiritual man at all, you know, but I told the story a long time ago. I have a couple of days free, and where I was just inside Ocho Rios, it was in a little place called Claremont St. Anne Parish. Anybody here from Jamaica that know where I'm talking about? Anybody know? Anyhow, Claremont St. Anne, beautiful little place. It's just 12 miles in from Ocho Rios. And so I had a free day, and so <clears throat> I got on one of the little, you know, the little buses with 75 people in a 12-man bus. And, you know, it took me down to the beach at Ochi, Ochi Rios, and you get down there, and those beaches were, I don't even remember what months I was there, but pure, beautiful, you know, white sand. There was nobody. I mean, you got to understand, walk out of the palm trees, I mean, I mean, like 20 feet of the purest white sand in the planet. This is the trip. This is the devil. This cracks me up. I mean, you know, sometimes he just overplays his hand. Uh, there's nobody. I mean, it's long. It's curved. Look down. There's nobody. I mean, nobody. There's nothing. They ain't a rat. They ain't a snake. They ain't nothing. You know, nothing but a few coconuts in the trees. And I'm just kicked back, and I'm just enjoying the sun, thinking how good God is. I, I, will never, I put my head back like that. And I was just thanking God because I'm there leading a whole, I'm there for, to teach the love walk for week upon week, day after day, three hours a day. And I'm sitting there. All of a sudden I hear a little splash. It's funny because there's it, not a lot of waves. So that, that, you know, it's just a little water lapping beautiful. You know, in Jamaica you could walk out, what, 65 feet, 80, 100 feet and not be up to your knees. I mean, you know, it's just beautiful, you know, where I was anyhow. But <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just outlandish. Because, you know, you, when you've been in the penitentiary and you've gone through all this stuff, you know, like I said, drugs were there. But, I mean, he'll try to get drugs with sex, with drink, or whatever. But I'm just saying how obvious this was. I'm in them, and there ain't nobody anywhere, man. And I hear this unusual sound on the way, and I look up, and out of the water, is anybody here old enough to remember the movie Ten with Bo Derrick? 
the beautiful bikini-clad lady comes walking out of the beach and Dudley Morphy. This chick, honest to God, out of nowhere, there was nobody anywhere. I'm talking about, you know, like a mile that way, a mile that way, nothing. And this woman, bountiful woman, <laughs> you know, in this teeny, teeny bikini. And I walk out, and she just comes sauntering out of the way. Just like the movie, man. And I sit here, and I literally did this, this. I went, Ugh. I did. I'm serious. God is my witness. I went, Ugh. I went, what the? Seriously. And she walks up, and I mean, she, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, is this an angel? Is God loving me? <laughs> no. I couldn't feel, but she walks up, and she walks straight to me with this beautiful little smile. And she plops her blessed assurance right next to me. Hi. <laughs> and you know what I did? I started laughing so hard because I, I you know, I've, my mind wasn't that dumb. <laughs> I recognized what was happening, to say the least, you know, and I realized that she was a prostitute and whatever, and some guy was probably lingering in the back. I don't know. But I remember I laughed because I saw Devil, are you this flipping obvious? I mean, you know, you, 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 it could, you could have been a little more subtle than bringing this chick out of the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, you know, and I remember I looked at her and I said, I was laughing so hard she started freaking out because she said, the guy's nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, that's, not, that's, how, that's not how I would normally expect a man that I walk up to like this to respond. You know, I'm expecting the guy to go, hey, or whatever. And I'm going, <laughs> and, and I looked at her and I said, what you doing? <laughs> so I, was, I was really sharp. My language, I was really good. I had a lot of good conversations. I had a, in the old days, he used to call it having a good Mac. Uh, you know, how to talk up a chick. You know. BC, remember, when I was, I was born again, but just a little. Anyhow, and I said, what are you doing? And she just she was just in shock because everything was opposite to whatever she explained. Long story short, I said, you don't have to. I just started talking to her. The Lord, the Spirit of the Lord rose up in me. And I said, you don't have to live this way. I started chatting with her. Told her I was going to be down at this hotel. I said, you know, I said, I'm, I talk about Jesus. I said, I talk about setting girls like you free and talking, talking setting guys like whoever your master is. And, wanted to, and she did. She wound up. I cannot say a letter to the Lord. She didn't receive the Lord right then, but she just broke into tears and freaked out and all this kind of good stuff. And she got up and she stayed about 15 minutes and I just, actually she stayed about 30 minutes. And I just shared, I just simply shared Jesus with her. I'm going to get off the story, but I'm just saying I shared Jesus with her and then she wound up walking away crying. But I mean, I sit back again and like I said, I'm like, yeah, the devil is wild. I mean, he's wild. You have no idea what actually begins to transpire in your heart when you begin to imbibe this spirit truth. It begins to build a fortress on the inside of you. I'm in a refuge truly. Trust in God begins to take place. And separation from the desire for anything evil or offensive to God just begins to grow and to grow and to grow until you get to the place where you just will not be tempted. I said you will not be tempted. Now, see, I've got to be careful there. Uh, see, I did not say temptation doesn't come. I said you don't accept it. 
Have you ever actually thought about what Jesus said when he said, think about this, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation? See, temptation is something you have to enter into. But if you're watchful and prayerful, you'll have the strength. You won't go into it. You just say no. You know why you do that? Because something has arisen in your life that is far more beautiful than getting high, far more glorious than having illicit sex, far more glorious than smoking dope, far more glorious than getting drunk and puking on yourself and then celebrating the next morning. Is that dumb or what? People get sick, they puke all over themselves, and they brag about it tomorrow. I know that nobody in here ever had a life like that, but anyhow. I've gone too long. I, I want to say, I'm gonna, I want to shut up. I had my watch and I didn't hear it. I'm still okay. Watch it. I, I'm just trying to say, I, I, it, it hurts. I'm, I'm, I'm far from having arrived, but I'm saying it really, this week, it really hurt me with this, this individual because I saw, I saw the depth of struggle, the pain, but the self-imposed, the self-destructive work of the worry and the anxiety this guy had. Now, I mean, he was concerned about a legitimate thing, you see, for him at this time. But see, you know, how do you help somebody really understand? You won't fix it. It won't become better. It's not going to get better by you perpetuating the anxiety. I did not say, like I said in the beginning, that you, it's, everybody get, gets anxious, but you don't stay anxious. You learn to rejoice, celebrate his goodness when it happens. Look at yourself, be considerate of what's going on, like the verse before. Casting, I mean, literally commit, committing things to him. I, you know what, Lord? I can't do anything about this anyhow. Jesus, remember, said, can any of you add one bit to your stature? You know, so that's what Jesus kept saying. Guys, stop it. Worrying is sin to, to a Christian. Worrying. I didn't say you don't discuss things. I didn't say you don't. Let me just read this one quote. I have, I've got a bunch of quotes, but I, I, let, me read, let me read a funny one first. Um, this made me laugh. Where's it at? I might do this another time. Just give me a moment. It's okay. I'm having fun. Oh, yeah, this is the one. I floated like driftwood in the ocean, but I wasn't worried about sharks because my bathtub is much too shallow. Did you get it? But listen to this other one. This guy named Said Nassi said, Worry is itself an illness since... Worry is an accusation. Oh, I say, I think I know what she thinks, Elizabeth. She's trying to find it. Worry is itself an illness, since worry 
is an accusation against divine wisdom. And when you worry, it's a criticism of divine mercy. In other words, you're actually saying, I believe the possibility of problem more than I believe the possibility of my father's ability to change it. So I'm going to worry. But see, when we do that, it's in He will honor your choice. And I'm just trying to say this morning, please, just pray. Talk to him. Say, show me what trust looks like. One other statement I'll make, then seriously, I'm done. We all know the verse, because uh, I saw this different. I looked at, I was dealing with the, actually, what was I doing? I'm trying to th- ask myself. I was looking at a concordance and some great things, but I know I turned on a video. I don't know if, I think it was Max Lucado or somebody that I, I just happened to just watch something. But, you know, in Proverbs 16, where it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I've always taught, and there's still, quote, unquote, a truth to the fact that, to say the least, our tongues have creative power, but... But I saw that far more true than that, because I suddenly saw and said, you know, in reality, we really can't create anything, but we're the proponents or the, we're what propel creation by what we believe and how we act upon spiritual law. And when I saw death and life are in the power of the tongue, I looked it up, and what it really says is this, that there's a choice that's set before you. You can choose words that harmonize with death, or you can choose words and truths that harmonize with life. Death and life. And he said it's, but he said the thing is, it's, it's because you don't understand what you think about long enough. You speak out and out over and over again. You keep perpetuating it by your continuous confession of it. And, that's what, and then he brought me straight back to that statement he said on Thursday, fill your mouth with words my angels can work with. And to me, that was potent. And I want it to be potent for you. Would you please... Angels are real. Eight foot, ten foot, some say they've seen 18 foot, these incredible angels. Fill your mouths with words, good angels, our Father's angels can work with. Don't fill your mouth or your mind with words and thoughts that the other guy's spirits work with. Demons work with words. God's angels work with words. What spirits do you want authorized? Okay, worship team. You know what? 
the anointing is still here. I said it's still here. I mean, I, I, shoot, I'd go to church every day if it was like this every day. Uh, I mean, on the music, on the stuff, on the truth, on his word. It's a, You know, as a minister, you see, you may not understand. It's an incredible thing when you actually sense that you're standing here. But, I mean, but then you, it's like you step here and you, you watch God's spirit speak stuff. And you realize it ain't, it's got nothing to do with me. He, he's saying something to us this morning. Through these songs that were chosen, nothing is by accident. Nothing is by accident. You're not here today accidentally. This could be a literal, see, and it sounds melodramatic, this may be a destiny-defining day in the rest of your life. If you will have ears to hear. Thank God he gave me big ears. Always been embarrassed about them in the natural, but you know what? I thank God I got big ears. I want to hear him. Can you just uh, go ahead, stand up with me, lift your hands to heaven. We can be dismissed, but just, I, I, I don't know how to say it, because I remember when I used to sit out there, you know, and I didn't, I didn't, it's not that I didn't want it sometimes. I just didn't understand as much as how to yield because learning to yield is a process. But uh, I'm just saying, understand that God knows every shortcoming you have and he doesn't care. Right now, this moment, he could care less. He doesn't care. You could, you do. You're the one that disqualifies yourself. Jesus, but Jesus paid price for any and every disqualification there could be. Do you hear me? Jesus paid the price for every disqualification. He said, yeah, I see that. I know in the natural you're disqualified, but not in the realm of the spirit because my obedience has overwhelmingly blown away your disobedience. And I know that's hard for your brain to receive, but I am that good. I'm that, in fact, I'm gooder than that. So bow the knee of your heart. Bow the knee of that mind of yours that so tries to meticulously think things through until they reason out in such a way that you applaud yourself. Don't do that. Accept you be as a little child. That's how you begin to see the kingdom. You believe. Isn't that right, Elizabeth? You just believe. You believe. I believe. I believe. So, Father, I speak your life over my people in the name of Jesus. I speak a spiritual awareness and awakening like if nothing they've ever known before. I speak it in awareness of the power of words coming out of a heart of faith. Your words and our mouth carry your might and your authority and your power. In the name 
of him who is king of kings. Jesus, a beautiful name. Holy Spirit, be free now. Just flow, touch, heal, bless, strengthen, encourage. Turn that heart. Turn that heart right now. This morning, March 1st, right now. Turn that heart. I break the power of that stubbornness in mind. The Bible says the God of this world blinds minds. Well, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You will not blind that mind. This mind suddenly begins to see and take hold of that which has harmony in heaven. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Holy Spirit's working right now. I don't care if you don't feel it. I know it. He's flowing. That I just keep seeing that. I keep seeing like that funnel of that circle or a carousel of jewels, diamonds and rubies and gold stuff. I don't know what it is. It's just like doing this and this and this right over your head. It's weird, but it's, it's right over your heads. Just grab some of the stuff, you know. That's why I think he wants us to have raised hands so often. Just grab it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whatever the worship team, we're just going to worship a bit now. And again, if you listen, listen, though. Please, please have a humility about you. If you have any need and you know the Holy Spirit's impacting you, dealing with you, touching you, this is what real church about. Please come forward and let some more people or elder, Bobby, Tommy, Deji, Abby, who's so please come forward and, and be prayed for. I don't care if you come a hundred times before. Just take advantage of what's in the room is what I'm trying to say. It's not an obvious. Okay? Guys, please. this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 